Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the STL All Local podcast with the local stories from the KMOX newsroom for this Wednesday, July 12th. I'm Debbie Monterey. And I'm Tom Ackerman. In the news, a commercial bus crashes in Highland, Illinois, causing at least three deaths. Several others were rushed to the hospital. This happened on I-70 at the Silver Lake Rest Area about 1 o'clock this morning. We go live now to Roger Brand to get more on exactly what happened. Roger? Yeah, Debbie, the, the Greyhound bus was traveling westbound on Interstate 70, approaching that Highland uh, rest area there, the Silver Lake rest area, just west of the Highland exit, just a little bit before 2 a.m. this morning when it uh, went off the exit ramp and uh, struck a couple of tractor trailers. Of course, tractor trailers always park in the rest areas during the overnight hours. Several of those semis were struck by the Greyhound bus. Three fatalities, as you mentioned, involved in multiple injuries, four people transported by air medical helicopter and 10 People with injuries transported by ambulances to local area hospitals. The interstate was closed since a little bit before 2 this morning till just about 5.30 this morning when they got one lane reopened and IDOT hopes to have both lanes reopen on westbound 70 at Silver Lake by 7 a.m. And I'll have more in traffic at 6.10. All right, thanks, Roger. An unusual sight in the normally quiet neighborhood of St. Louis Hills crime scene tape marking the area where three men were shot and injured. St. Louis police received the call around 4 Tuesday afternoon for a double shooting at Hampton and Eigelberger. That later changed when a third man showed up at a hospital by private conveyance. It appears this may have started with a rolling gun battle somewhere along Hampton Avenue and ended with two men running into a lawnmower repair shop at Eichelberger and Hampton. Two more crime scenes, one at Hampton and Devonshire and at the Hampton Village Target store, appear to be related. Police say two men in one car and one in a second vehicle are all in stable condition. Investigators have not released any other information. Maria Kina, KMOX News. A 23-year-old Edwardsville man is charged with DUI in Saturday's double fatal crash on Interstate 55 south of Troy in Madison County. Cole Wendler charged with aggravated felonies for rear-ending a Jeep just before 2 a.m. Saturday. That Jeep rolled, ejecting the driver and passenger who both died. The victim's identities have not been provided. It's 6.05. The first charges are filed in the sex tape scandal that cost a county official his job. St. Louis County prosecutors have filed charges in the matter of Calvin Harris, the chief of staff for County Executive Sam Page, who resigned a year ago over a sex video recorded inside the administration building. However, it's one of Harris's acquaintances who is charged. 51-year-old Rodney Ledger of Glen Ellen faces three counts of non-consensual dissemination of private sexual images. Court documents say the images were shared with the intent to harass. Prosecutors only say the investigation continues. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. A bill to freeze property taxes for seniors was put on hold at Tuesday night St. Louis County Council meeting. There wasn't enough support, with some members concerned about the loss of revenues for schools and fire districts. Chairwoman Shalonda Webb was hoping to work something out, but learned the new state law must be taken as is. Not having any authority to make any implementation changes to this, you have to either opt in or opt out. Uh, That definitely does not help. The bill isn't dead, but it lacks support to move forward. Senior advocates are expected to instead try to put the measure on the county ballot to get that tax break. It's a big moment in St. Louis and U.S. history. Fifty years ago today, millions of files were destroyed in a huge fire at the Military Personnel Records Center in Overland. Some people believe it was an intentional attackment to destroy specific records. 
Investigators zeroed in on a janitor's carelessly discarded cigarette. Now a new look at the catastrophe. He talked with a couple of janitors. Um, now a committee had concluded that the fire's cause can't be determined, but there's a lot of discussion about what may have led to this. And, and what did you find talking with some of those who were there? Yeah, so there's a 380-odd uh, page FBI report, and there were, there were five janitors who were told by a fellow janitor that, that he was smoking in the stacks around 11 o'clock that night and that he had, he had put out his cigarette against one of the shelves and tossed a match and thought it was all out. And next thing you know, the whole place is on fire. A grand jury chose not to indict. Even some of his, even one of the, one of the janitors we spoke to, he, he didn't believe the guy. He thought the guy was maybe trying to get attention. Associated Press reporter Alan Breed tells Total Information PM's Michael Calhoun the fire destroyed essentially most military records for the greatest generation. Those that were salvaged are still held in stasis in climate-controlled warehouses and are only disturbed and restored if someone requests them. A big send-off this afternoon for the flying children of Circus Harmony. They'll perform a special show in the circus ring at City Museum at 4. Then a nine-person troop will head to the airport. The Peace Through Pyramids partnership takes the acrobats to St. Louis' sister city, Stuttgart, Germany. A digital partnership between Circus Harmony and Circus Circuli Formed during the pandemic, now the two youth circus groups will not only meet face-to-face, but perform and travel together through Germany. Since 2007, Circus Harmony has partnered with the Jewish Arab Galilee Circus in Israel, the National Circus School in Puerto Rico, and arranged several local St. Louis partnerships between children in different neighborhoods of St. Louis. Walking up to the Butler Brothers Warehouse. It's been a commanding presence in downtown West for 117 years, but... For at least half that time, it's been of questionable use. Most of the building was historic warehouse, the Amazon or the Costco of the early 20th century. That's architect Joel Foos of Trivers, who's been overseeing the building's transformation into the Victor, 384 apartments with ground floor retail. So this was built in 1906, um, reinforced concrete, um, one of the largest structures of the time that was built. It had integrated sprinkler system, and so it became a very safe place to store a lot of goods. And built like a tank. Built like a tank. Over the years, developers have looked at it and passed. It was purchased a few years ago by another developer who decided they just couldn't make it work. Beauty and the difficulty of it was it's just the size of it. I mean, this is an entire city block spanning from 17th to 18th from Olive to Locust and 700,000 square feet plus. Our client, DSG, would say, you know, the two driving factors that they eventually looked at it were because of the soccer stadium and NGA and seeing that momentum really turned them on to why they thought this was going to be a worthwhile investment. There are definitely apartments with a soccer stadium view, an incredible rooftop, which includes a pool and great views of the soccer stadium, but unfortunately not the pitch. Yeah, so this will be, uh, this will be the pickleball court. Oh, pickleball. Pickleball, yeah. Um, pickleball our, on the rooftop. Pickleball That's on the awesome. rooftop. Awesome. Um, pickleball would be a very modern touch on this old building that once stored goods to be transported all over the region. And we can walk up the stairs here. Um, and um, we expanded the courtyard. Uh, this was the main area where, at the time, horse-drawn carriages were bringing in goods from uh, Union Station. 
Futh says the sheer size of the warehouse allowed them to create more spacious apartments, parking for all residents, and an entire amenities floor, plus that rooftop. Pool room and lounge space and movie room and all that. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll step in here. Everything from the pest spots to the bike storage to the golf simulator to, you know, the fitness room, you, you name it, it's, it's probably got everything that you'd want here. So when, is, when will first people move in, did you say? So first residents moved in. Um, oh, people are living uh, here. Yeah, la I think on June 30th or July 1st. Oh, wow. So, um, that feels very brave. I'm going to be the first one to yeah, move in there's, here. Yeah, there's, I don't know if I could live in a 700,000 square foot building by myself. <laughs> We're glad that some people do. Foose says the most important factor in transforming this giant property into a modern residence was historic tax credits. Because another developer once had plans for it, this project was grandfathered in. But now those tax credits are capped, which is unfortunate because Foose believes there is still much need and much demand for historic renovations like these. I think they offer something that new construction just doesn't offer. And um, it's almost the best of both worlds when you come into these because it has this, this character and this uh, historic charm, if you will, that cannot be replicated in, you know, new construction. When people see these spaces, it just, it just resonates with them. That's Joel Foos with Trivers at the Victor on Olive near City Park. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. The STL All Local Podcast is produced by the KMOX News team. Find all the local news you need on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.